0: Hello and welcome to The Cynic Live. I'm your host Chris Gallagher and today I'm joined by Chris Samari. Hello Chris Samari. Evening Chris. Thanks for uh, inviting me along. Let's go.
1: Barry Gallagher's also here. Hello Barry, how are you? I'm very well, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to this. It's been a while since I've been on a live one so I'll try not... Swear
0: uh, or say anything offensive and inappropriate. Um, It's good to have you both here. Uh, How are you? Chris, how are you? How's things? Uh, I'm alright now. Eh? Just, er, uh, Just getting by, Chris.
2: It's the start of Advent. <laughs> Christmas is coming soon. The only way is up.
0: Uh, Baby. The only way is up, uh, Yaz and the Plastic Collection. Is that right?
2: It's either Yaz or Yazoo. Nah, it's good. Yaz. It's
0: Yaz. Yeah.
2: Yazoo up. did that. Uh, um... Only you. Uh, no, it was, was the you? one they did. <laughs>
0: <coughs> Jesus, uh, one sec, we'll, we'll try and figure no, out.
1: No. Barry, how are you? Uh, no, how's things? I'm how no, very I'll... well, I think it's Never Gonna Let You Go, no that one? Never gonna
0: let you go, no no. no. no.
1: Aye, be aye. Aye. Aye, I'm good thanks, again, i happy that it's December, Um sort of on the, the wind down now in school, it's a nice kind of time um, in education. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Know. It's a nice time in education. No, it's, it's, nice, it's nice to sort of share sort of Situation. Situation.
2: Situation. And you. thanks. Anyway. Yeah. We're off to a terrible start. <laughs> a terrible start.
1: <laughs> it's <laughs> it's <laughs> the live bit it's thrown <laughs> us off, isn't
0: it? Uh, but Barry, no, it's good to have you here. Um, obviously, there is there is some kind of news. Um, all the Rangers uh, players and fans are going to wear suits, of course. <laughs> bit of fun. That is fucking weird, though, isn't
1: it? Yeah, I don't know why they do all that marble staircase stuff and all that. Who cares? What do you think of it, so many? Um,
2: the standards that they set are unparalleled, Christopher. <laughs> uh, that's all I'm going to say on the matter.
0: But like, why is a suit like? Why you know who? What managers have we had that we've had? Well, oh, first of all, I'll say we've got we've got a feature lined up, so don't worry, we won't just be rambling. We do have something we can focus on. But have we had any managers that wear suits? I'm just trying remember to think,
1: remember like, when Tony Mowbray wore the blazer over the polo shirt. Have you ever seen that for? I think <laughs> it was at the Wembley Cup. And, and it's, it's like a big JK blazer It's too long <laughs> for him but he had a white polo shirt underneath it total like on McGavin part of that.
0: yeah because Martin Martin O'Neill used to have obviously the polo top
1: tracky bottoms socks
0: pulled over the tracky bottoms jumper over the the the, tra- the polo shirt
1: suits are for cup finals aye so even when Martin O'Neill wore a suit Till we did team out, he then went back and get changed quickly, and he had the tracksuit on straight away. Because
0: he's a class act. Uh, did ever say? <laughs> do you
1: remember Stuart McCall wearing a suit when he managed Rangers? <laughs> it was four sizes
0: too. Big. <laughs> no, was <is> it bad?
2: <laughs> Google it. <laughs>
0: okay. Do you know what? I'm going to Google. Just talking about yourself. Uh, uh,
1: hey, the trousers are. But t- four sizes too big for him. The jacket. And something. he's yeah. There's a there's a classic
2: action shot of him appearing to whistle towards the pitch. <laughs> you seen it, you got it. Oh my God! So, that is, so it's, you know, there's wearing a suit and then there's, you know... You
1: the know. suit's wearing him.
0: <laughs> that is outrageous. All um, this stuff, Stuart McCall uh, wearing a suit, uh, that's where we are. Um, but no, we, we've got a feature lined up. Uh, basically what, today I took the time to write out uh, 50 celtic players celtic managers celtic situations celtic related content put them on wee bits of paper and cut the wee bits of paper up and put them in a bowl. none of this we, we could have used an app we could have done uh, appified it or whatever yeah, printed it out but nah we're old, old school, school. Uh, old school um but yeah so we'll, we'll certainly get to that if you want to get involved uh you can phone us 07457 402 992, that's 07457 402 992 You can phone us about anything, Uh, you can also phone us if you want to kind of comment on one of the subjects we've discussed, Um, and we'll certainly get there Um, But, just, uh, World Cup have you been watching it Chris, you mean just bits and pieces? Aye, just just
2: when I can and, you know (laughs) I mean, it's been a bit of a mixed bag World Cup's always a, you know you you always tend to kind of Gloss over Gloss over and mythologize about World Cups of your youth I think you enjoy them more because you're young And you're kind of really into football See when you get to an age where you can appreciate the quality of it It's not that good It's not that good (laughs) So a lot of the games you get the odd decent game in there I mean I enjoyed Spain-Germany What I've seen of it But a lot of the time I mean don't get me wrong You'll
1: always kind of just generally enjoy watching football But there's some draws on there
0: What about yourself? How have you been watching it
1: I have, yeah, and just on Samani's point there, like some of the, like Italian 90, like everyone always sort of eulogises over that, don't they, but the standard at that was dreadful, aye, wasn't it, and aye. there were so many draws, but I think there has been some gems in this game, particularly this week, um, there was the, the 3 each and the 3-2, wasn't there, and uh, it just so happened that they were during the day, so most folk missed them. But, yeah, um, we were
0: recording the agenda, I got a barrel load from Ireland Street after it. Um, but you know it was fine because we got to see the three two game. So
1: yeah, but I think I think they were saying t- in today's game, the Croatia game, that there's been so many draws. It's been like no 0 at half time or whatever. So second half seems to kind of spark it away. But no, I've I've enjoyed it more than I thought I would.
0: Yeah, great stuff. Um, tomorrow we've got the weekend update, so we'll go over any kind of Celtic related news. I know there's been stuff with Jack uh, and stuff. We can touch on that. Uh, We may may touch on that this evening as well, but we'll certainly focus on that tomorrow and any other kind of breaking news and getting ready for the weekend. I spoke to Tommy Burns' son. Uh, We did a one on one interview with him, which was very good about his coaching uh, journey. That will be getting dropped on Saturday. Uh, so yeah, so look out for that. So let's um, the the feature we have, as I say, it's um, just lots of bits of paper with the uh, Celtic related content on it. We're going to pick uh one each, and we're going to discuss it. So, Chris, I'm going to pass the ball over to you. If you want to do a mix it up a bit, you know, get I'm your Rod Stewart,
1: yeah, uh, dive so, in, get your hands in there, uh, I Probably
2: need a few cans <laughs> if I'm going to do
0: that.
1: <laughs> so pick one out, you know, Rot Oh, no, it's tense.
0: Oh, here we go. He's- Leave this just year. leave it there. All right, that's fine.
1: Did
2: hot ball. I've pulled it. Up. <laughs> <laughs> the rebels have won. Oh, big off cheer! To,
1: big cheer!
0: Off Yay! Fire. Okay, uh, so the rebels have won. That's just a, a, obviously a, a statement. What does it mean to you? Maybe even just kind of describe to some of maybe our younger players, eh, younger players, younger listeners, kind of the context of what that is. So. In the mid
2: '90s, Celtic had been ran into the ground by the old board, the dynasty, if you will, the, the <laughs> Kelly dynasty, and uh, amongst others um, that were on the board. And we were in severi- severe, severe, serious—kind of merge the words there—serious financial peril. Um, there was talk of the bank calling in the nine million pound debt. I think that we had at the time
0: big overdraft.
2: So around that time, there was a. Long campaign to sack the board and for the club to be taken over. There was uh, a few folk kind of mooted in and around that time. But as you will probably know, Fergus McCann and a number of uh, people around him eventually were successful in ousting the board. And on the night they ousted the board, there was a lot of fans outside the ground. Brian Dempsey walked out. Uh, The crowd were cheering and he put his hands out and silenced them. And he said... Did they say,
1: Chris,
0: I'm oh, sorry, uh, the, the, war war is was, the, the war is over, the rebels have won. You, you, you present yourself, <laughs> <laughs> yourself there as if you were going to say, it. No, yeah, the war is over, the rebels have won. Uh, iconic,
2: it was, it was. I mean, it's that, know, that,
0: that wasn't the only infighting that was done, though. Uh, there was plenty of infighting. After well,
2: that. yeah, there's probably a podcast there, yeah, absolutely. Um, Brian Dempsey, you know, ever ended up kind of really involved from then on in, um, but anyway, as I said, there's a lot more content there, but uttering those words, um. It had been, I mean, the Sack the of Bold campaign and McCann's fight to, try, to kind of try and move in it, you know, that took place over quite some time. So that was the culmination of a campaign that Celtic fans had been, you know, involved in for years. I mean, some folk won't know that we hired out Hongs, you know, and then we had kind of petitions and I remember I'd been up to town when I was a young guy Um in the time of my mum and signing a petition to sack the board, you know. The nights in like, the city chambers and all that, didn't they, as so. well? All sorts of stuff. I mean the campaign and the the work that went in around that to kinda of force um the position was was absolutely monumental and that was the culmination of it when Dempsey came out um and said it. And it was I it was quite an emotional moment, yeah even at the time, what is it was ninety four? Ninety four March ninety four. So, I'd have been uh I'd have been eleven, a girl, yeah, a bit, bit younger than you. Um, but aye, no, you, you can remember it clear as day. So that's exactly what it means. It means it was change. Changes are coming.
0: Change, absolutely, uh, Barry. Do you think that we've kind of um, uh, we've kind of lost that kind of rebellious kind of spirit and amongst the support, or uh, do we even need it? What's your thoughts?
1: I think it's certainly been diluted. Um, we could whether well, that's a. A victim of the success on the park, or whatever, or just ever changing world. But I think for me, the the sort of symbolism um, of that quote is right up there with some of the most important quotes in history. I think, and it was such a It tapped into the feelings of the support that night, um, um, and obviously because of the, the rebellious nature of the club. But for me, that was the, the dawning of a seems easy to say now, but the dawning of a new Celtic because um, we had gone so close. I think it was. Down to sort of minutes, wasn't it? Before the bank, were going to call in. Yeah. Don't know if that was sort of overplayed, but no. Um, I love all that sort of. It's right up there with the quotes. Like there's a buzz about the place, and it's a fairy tale club. Um, all this was off the off the park stuff, but so, I think. So, sorry, sorry. Just you should do a quote podcast as well when you go, mate. Good Write idea. these down. <laughs> 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 um, no, and it's crazy to think where we've come from that point. Um, Obviously it took a wee bit longer to won the Scottish Cup um, The following year And a wee bit longer to to win the league But the stadium was built And aye, just from that moment It seems we've gone from strength to strength Obviously there's been a few dips along the way But I think we have probably lost The wider support probably has You could argue that there's um, groups within the support Who haven't lost it And um, you can see that In the the way that they interact with the club And the way they fight for causes across the world But I think sadly we probably have but it's maybe a victim of the success on the field
0: Great stuff Uh, yeah I mean there's plenty as Samani says I think there probably is a podcast we we should have got round to it already but you know there's been other kind of pressing stuff that we want to do, but it definitely will be on the list of stuff. Uh, great stuff, Barry. Do you want to dip your name sure. in? S- swirl it around, Barry. Swirl it around. There we go. Oh, he's got oh, One's
1: fallen out, so I'll just go that. Put it back in if okay. you want.
0: Ah, he looked scared there. look like I was going to check him for some reason. <laughs> That's a bit weird. <laughs> um,
1: hey, here we go. Neil Lennon. That oh, is. <laughs> well, you're not far wrong. Frimpong. <laughs> oh, Frimple. okay.
0: Frimpong. Mm. Oh. So, Barry, talk to me your thoughts on when you hear the name Frimpong.
1: I always really, really liked him. I know that some people, um, towards the end, kind of fell in love with him, but I think that was just the sort of, the stink of that season, wasn't it? Everything that... Um
0: What's the score? Sorry, we'll give you live updates, why not?
2: 1-0 <laughs> Spain, Marata. 1-0 Germany,
0: nabre. So that puts it both is. of them through.
2: That's, yeah. that's twice I've interrupted by no, no, you're, backtrack, right. backtrack. you're a disgrace.
1: I'll, I'll I'll keep doing the scores, but right. Yeah, <laughs> you good. like that bit? <laughs> do the thing like goal flash. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Go- anyway, like no, sorry. Because again, he sort of came in last minute on deadline day. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and I think I think you guys maybe mentioned last week or a couple of weeks ago about how it was the sort of fanfare was for Leo Connor because the Man so United fans yeah. were it's kind of Asian, sad to yeah. see him go he was like the, I think he was the captain of the youth team and stuff but almost straight away from that Partick Thistle game in the cup he exploded onto the scene get got in the match that night and then it got to the point where we couldn't leave him out because that same summer we had signed um, El Hamid or El Hamid remember that's German, right yeah kind of noise, that. um, and Frimpong was just so good that they placed him in the team and some of the performances were excellent um, think back to the League Cup final obviously get sent off, but he was great that day. Um, he started to add goals to his, his game as well. And even that, the horrible season, the 10th season, I think he was one of the sort of bright, sort of shining lights. Even though then started to play him as a sort of wide forward, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. Um, told him to change his boots, remember that? it wasn't to wear flashy boots, um, mental. But I think he's gone from strength to strength. Obviously, he's in the, the Dutch squad. Um, I don't think he'll play because it. Denzel Dumfries, De who's the right back for them? Um, oh, Denzel Dumfries, sorry, it's Dumfries, yeah. Um, but no, I think he's a great player. He's he's the sort of shines a light on modern history for Celtic with like the process of bringing them in young um, for three hundred grand, I think it was, and then sold them for over eleven million pounds. So it's sort of timely, but just now because Ange obviously said at the the AGM about how we have to sort of flip players like that and don't get too attached, but. No, I think he was a brilliant player for us who I think will go very far in the game.
0: Yourself, Chris, do you look back fondly after his time here or is there a regret or what's your thoughts?
2: Um, I think I, I always liked him as well. Uh, I, I tended to think he stagnated under Lennon, which some people would say is unfair. Uh, and, and he himself praised Lennon. Um, but... Most Mostly when I think about Frampong, I think about what he would have been like in this team. And yeah. I think he would have excelled. Um, as much as I like Juranovic, uh, even though he's likely to leave, he's the sort of... And, and I mean, I suppose he's, he had the sort of engine to get up and down the park to play like in a more traditional sort of overlapping, you know, getting to the byline fullback. But I think he was comfortable and enough in the ball and his, his speed, I think he really could have excelled in the inverted fullback kind of... Roll under Ange. So it's almost like I wish we'd got to see a wee bit more of him and under different circumstances. And I mean, you know, it will be any excuse for, for us to criticise Neil Lennon's, but I'm thinking maybe I'm being a wee bit harsh on him given what happened in that last season was a total capitulation. It's not that he inhibited his growth or anything like that, but that's generally what you think. There's a handful of players who when you see the way that we play just now and you see what the manager's doing, that you think, I wish we'd got to see him under Anjan, he's up
1: there for me. Don't you think as well that always seems to happen? There's always like sort of one player from just the previous regime that you wish should stay stayed yeah, longer. Because yeah. um, I always think like, another way, like Nakamura, if he'd been in Martin O'Neill's team, how many more goals would Larson I got and his delivery and stuff for that? Oh, yeah. um,
2: Viduka, I mean, a lot of people don't think that about Viduka, but as I'd love to have seen I'm under Anil, yeah, I thought that I thought he could have been huge. I mean, okay, we'd, we weren't exactly shy when it came to attacking talent under Anil, but I think Viduca would have been great in that sense. I
1: think we've spoken about it before, but uh, there was a game, remember, it was obviously the famous game, um, the Aberdeen game where Larson and Viduca both scored hat tricks. I think it was a game before Larson broke his leg, but it was a game against Hearts mm. where Viduca and Larson were probably the best striking performance of by a two that I've ever seen. I think it was a game that Liverpool trapped the ball, actually, so his backside. But yeah, yeah. they were electric. Like, people spoke at that time, remember York and Cole, like they, sort of, they both knew how to dummy it, and then they would both be through. But Larson and Viduka had all of that. Um, so that's a good shout. I,
0: I do think he's one of the best strikers that we've seen, even though we only saw him for a small period of the time, Mark Viduka, just pure striking ability and athleticism, but also just really ath- athletic, but really kind of quite sturdy and quite big and I hate everything about him Chris do you want to set your hand in the balls oh, here
1: we go hopefully it's Mark Viduka because I've been enjoying that <laughs> <laughs> go back to Viduka is he in here? just tell us he might be in there just tell us Chris, Chris is writing Viduka quickly <laughs> he might be in there <laughs> right then <coughs> odson
0: Edward. oh Hello. odson Edward. Hello. nice lovely ok odson Edward. thoughts Chris your thoughts on odson Edward? Um.
2: I think (coughs) Edward's a a lesson to us all um, that your history in the club is written after you leave Um, and that's not me criticising him because let's be honest Edward for large periods of his time at Celtic was a phenomenal striker but people were saying he was better and I think I eventually said it on a podcast I I resisted a lot longer than other people but (coughs) a lot of people had him better than Dembele and I I, I don't think. I think Dembele was a far better striker for us, uh, a far more talented football player. Um, um. How do you how
0: do you frame Edward? I, I find it quite hard to frame him in the sort of <coughs> excuse me, the sort of the pantheon of what I have as Celtic strikers. Because when a lot when I think of Dembele, I think of something instantly. When I think of Larson, I think when I think of Edward, I always, almost take a breath and kind of go, hmm.
1: I always think Aybros. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. came on as a substitute,
2: and, and that was that was before he'd really established himself. Uh, that was making of him, wasn't it? Yeah, and he came on, and that was a phenomenal. He was still finish. only on loan at
0: that point, as well. That's
2: yeah. right, yeah. that's right. And I mean, don't and, and I think that's the, the, the thing now because of the last season, and it, there was a bitter taste in, in, in the mouth of a lot of the sport. People forget how good he was at one point, but you always over exaggerate how good a player is when they're at your club. You know, I remember. An example of this was when we played, remember when we got beat in the San Siro under Rogers No, the San Siro, the New Camp. And um, Dembele had missed the penalty. Yeah. And I remember, you know, before that and around that time, people were talking about our squad and somebody said, the only player who could probably get into that Barcelona squad would be Scott Sinclair. Right? And see, <laughs> now you're saying that, you're laughing. Mm-hmm. But nobody at the time went, Nope nobody at the time went, Ah oh, that's ridiculous. They went, Ah, oh, you might you might get in the squad and that's just because I think there's this tendency to, you know, fire players up to levels that they're not quite at because they're the hero at the time and they're performing and things like that. So with Edward, I've always thought we got carried away in terms of that where you're talking about where he is in the pantheon of greats. But I do think it's now gone the other way, where people forget <laughs> just how good he was yeah. for a period of time for us. Um and that's I, I I think fondly of them overall, but and not doing. Anybody was asking me, but I think Dembele was better, and that's that's the that's the way
1: I'll leave it.
0: Barry, what do you think of him?
1: Yeah, I, I definitely agree that, um, and again, I think it comes back to that horrible season that it's it's sort of tainted a lot of players in the fans' eyes. But for a period of time, he was excellent. Um, but some pl- sorry, to jump
0: in. Yep. But see, I think you're right. But I think the taint has washed off some players. Yeah. The way that it maybe hasn't with others. I think of guys like Scott Brown. Now, people could turn around and say, well, Scott Brown's a living legend and one season isn't going to cast him to the shadows. 100% true. But there are players, even guys like Moi Ilyanousi, who maybe people don't think about him, but people are quite complimentary about him. The way that. the I think Edouard takes a lot more flack than a lot of other players, essentially, is my point.
1: Definitely. And there was sort of his attitude was sort of put into question, wasn't it, by a lot of support. But. I think for a period of time he was excellent I think back there was a, a run of games against Rangers Where he just couldn't stop scoring mm-hmm. um, Obviously the first one was that The one that we spoke about there Where he kind of curled it um, And then he scored two the day We won the league against him Because mm-hmm. um, we were worried that day Because Dembele got injured I think He had to line himself But he was a nice cold finisher I think back to the treble-treble day Obviously he scored the penalty And then that one where he's through and goal and he just kind of hits it first time, almost. And he was a, a brilliant finisher, I think. I would argue as a football player, I think he maybe had more than Dembele in terms of the technical ability. But I think for pure goals and physicality and um, for a bigger impact, I think Dembele was better than that. But I think for technical ability, I think Edward was a better player.
0: Who James is better for a better player, Viduka or Dembele? Viduka. Yeah.
1: Who
0: would you have leading the line? For Celtic, if you could choose uh, any player over the last twenty years, outside of Larson and Sutton and Hartson, and right, because those three players are instantly come to mind. But the best of the rest, if you will, would you have Dembele or would you have Edward? I
1: think Dembele. Yeah, I think as I say, I think he was a better footballer in terms of, I think in terms of pace and dribbling, and he could go out wide. But I think for a, a pure. Physical goal scorer, um, and also how he put, brought others into play, Dimbello. Yeah,
0: great stuff. Um, yeah, Ed- Edward, I think, is someone who I'm still kind of don't know where to put him in, as, as as I mentioned. So I think it'll be a couple of years before I'm like, ah, I don't want to, see, I don't hold anything against him at all. I think he's just a lesson in selling the players at the right time.
1: Sorry, Barry. I'm just you? going to say as well, I was thinking about this during the week there that obviously with the Jackamakis story. Um, it's amazing, like, I was thinking, like, I loved Edward, but see when he left, like, I think because of what had happened that season and the things we discussed there, but that's the way football is now, you just, I think Ange put it perfectly when he said you can't get too attached to these people that you are your heroes, because for the club to progress, we need to kind of flip them, and I think it's worth remembering, because the song itself, like, I Want to Be Edward, that was, loved that, loved how it was all around the stadium, but... When he left it was kind of meh and then you don't really think about him now as you say, go.
0: It's funny because, you know, people talked about him like he was going to be the kind of the French squad and stuff and, and it's went okay for him at Crystal Palace. You know, he, he started brightly and he scored a couple of goals and he still gets games but it's probably not worked out the way he thought he w- would want it to. But anyway, Edward's someone we can probably revisit in a couple of years and yeah, have a think. Barry, get yourself in there. Mix yeah, it around, cool. mix it around.
1: Love it. Here we go. Oh Jesus, Kenny Miller <laughs> 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 I'd have him with the line the whole yeah. down
0: um, Okay, so Kenny Miller um, What's your thoughts on Kenny Miller? I
1: beat a beat, just do it, say what you want
0: There's no. Don't hold back hate I
1: hated the idea of signing him um, <laughs> Hated him when he was here The only one moment of joy was the goal against them I think Which is celebrated Yeah, that's probably unfair because obviously scored goals in the Champions League um, for us as well, but I I just didn't like It just It makes me Takes me back to that Stracking era and Gal you know Our feelings on stracking But this That he horrible come up, so. That horrible strip <laughs> I hated that strip See with the Celtic pads In the middle Like the big baggy Like oh, yeah. one Just that they time did, uh, I don't look back fondly on that time um, But I When minute went back to them And how he celebrated I remember he scored when at Celtic Park Against us to the game, And he was right up At the camera And all that And he just had this Sort of confidence and that wasn't befitting of his ability. Um and I just and I liked the way it kind of ended for him because he he was back at Rangers, wasn't he, when they came back, um or when they came into the league. And I always remember he scored in the he scored in the five one game, didn't he? And he kinda of celebrated a wee bit, which was <laughs> pathetic and then I was at that game and all the Celtic games here. But no, I I just don't like him. I He's kind of building a career for himself in the media now. I think he talks a lot of nonsense. Um, he's perfect for the media. He's aye. absolutely perfect. Definitely. Um, and he, I suppose, from a Scotland point of view, there was a time where he had a kind of purple patch for them. And I like think Alan mentioned recently as well we talk about like strikers who press from the front um, and conserve an energy, whereas Kenny Mills is just a headless chicken. And people used to say, oh, look how hard he works, but he's not doing anything with it. He's just running for the sake of it. Um, but no, I don't look back on him fondly at all. And a sign in it should never have happened. And I think that was Strachan just trying to he, prove a point he, almost.
0: And like, there'll be people listening who will completely disagree with this, right? And that's fine. I honestly think Gordon Strachan had a contempt for the Celtic fans. I, I really do And I think he thought you. I'm going to sign that I think he thought he wanted to sign Kenny Miller anyway uh-huh. I, Right okay I think he, he probably fancied him as a player But I'm sure there was something in the back of his head Where he thought I'll fucking show you
1: uh, Just on that as well Because he signed him Stephen Presley Yeah And Mark Brown So three ex-Rangers players Like Never really happened in their history Alfie Cohn So one going way back But Yeah,
2: yeah And I mean See out of them I mean Mark Brown You kind of really count At least Presley conducts himself when talking about the club and the way he acts and stuff like that. As much as I never wanted the guy to sign, much the same as Miller. Mm -hmm. Miller's just everything. Do you know what I mean? It's like, see if he'd come back for two spells with us, he'd probably be in the media bumming us up. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like he's... Who's the highest bidder for him to to kind of be involved in? But even putting to one side him and, you know, he scored against us and, you know, he scored against them. Put to one side that, he is, he encapsulates everything that's wrong with the footballers that Scotland produce because he's a guy who was revered for running. <laughs> he was revered for running about and that was it. You know, he'll lead the, you know, he'll lead the line, he run all day. He was technically so, so poor and I think I'd like to think Scotland have moved on from then, right? Much the same as Barry. I don't really have much of an affinity for the national team. But in terms of Scotland producing better football players and kind of moving on, I like to think that they're, they're turning the corner. There's some good football players that they've got in the national team now, and you're starting to bring through players with more technical ability. Because for a long time, he encapsulated absolutely everything that was wrong with what was revered in Scottish football. Still a long way to go because they love bluttering people still you hear them talking about that oh proper tackle and all that shite but miller for me he's just why are scotland so bad on the international stage because you revere guys like that who are technically limited but will run for i don't know days <laughs> i've got nothing else to say <laughs> he
0: um i i completely agree with you i remember watching scotland versus uh italy and uh he basically runs in behind, the great run runs in behind and he's one-on-one with with Buffon and he doesn't even make Buffon make a save, he just like drags it wild, wide and you know, the commentator, oh, what a great run from Miller and that's what you get from him. It's like, yeah, you, you get him missing. Same thing happened in second half. Yeah. And, and it's like, well, you know, so what's it's, the point? What's the point of him running through if he's not going to at least get it on target?
1: It's like one of those things like the, the media have already set in the narrative. It's like Craig Gordon, an uncharacteristic mistake. Seem so we're saying that fifteen times a season.
0: <laughs> I wish I'd put that in. <laughs> uh, Barry, it's it. Your uh, no, it's Samani. No, it's Chris Manny, it's your me? go. Oh, yes, here we go. through. Just, if you're just joining us, we are picking uh, a no situation. Bits of paper with Celtic players' names and uh, managers and situations out of it. Here oh, we go. He's, oh. he's giving us the eyes. Samaras. Soft. George Saminas, gorgeous George. I don't actually know if I know what your thoughts are on Salmonas. So, Manny, he, talk us through
2: it. He is uh, he's one of the most frustrating footballers that I've seen at Celtic Barbara. I've got a real soft spot for him. I think if he was, see, we've all seen moments of what he was capable of. And if he was in any way, shape, or form able to perform at that level consistently, he would have played it. Much, much, much higher level um, I mean, you, you know You've got some great moments Scoring against them Picking the ball up Barry Ferguson's face <laughs> um, First away Winning the Champions League Last minute goal by Sammy Overhead kick against Who was that? Aberdeen. Aberdeen Aberdeen You know and, and then there was other games where Everything he tried Failed Failed In. He wasn't a guy who hid in the park for me, Samaras, but he was a guy who at times just seemed to be a magnet for failure (laughs) in certain games where you just thought you could tell within 10-15 minutes if he was going to have any sort of impact in the game. And then at other times, you know, he'd be bringing the ball down in his chest and running the length of the pitch and and at times you just thought he was unbelievable. Um, but that's what he was, he was He was kind of, it was like Jekyll and Hyde with him, but some of the moments he gave us was, was fantastic, so overall I look back in Samaras and I think uh, uh,
1: you know, I'm glad that he played for us, uh,
2: and what a handsome man. Oof. beautiful,
1: Gorgeous, Barry? Yeah, I think, I think I said this uh, fairly recently, I think, I think history has been kind to him, because there were, Samaras says there was some times where he was really poor, and I always think back to that Lennon quote saying that Samaras is the kind of player that would get him the sack. Yeah. I think it's because it, was, it tended to be the the lesser the occasion, the worse he was. Mm. And he, he kind of rose to... Champions League. Champions League. I think maybe one of his finest hours was obviously the, the Sammy Sunday. But remember we played Udinese away? Yeah. And he was brilliant that night, I think. And that kind of put the building blocks in for the Champions League the following season. But no, um, he was... I think even from his debut um, at Rugby Park when he scored that goal where he he ran down the the, line on his left foot. And I agree that I think if he could have had that consistency, he'd have been way beyond our reach. Um, But no, I I look back on him fondly. I I loved him at the time. I think games against Rangers, he always tended to start, even if he hadn't been playing in the build-up to that, because Mm. it was often criticised that we broke up the Hooper and Stokes partnership to put Sammy in. But more often than not, he delivered and... I mentioned there the, the Sammy Sunday, what a, a kind of, his finest hour and remember we had that banner, the Green Brigade, uh, he dined in hell and I was at that game and it was just brilliant because we were down to the bare bones with injuries and he just came alive, scoring the first goal and then winning the penalty and then scoring it. So, now I look back on him fondly, he's really something really nice about him as well as a character, I think, and he always speaks fondly whenever you, you hear him talk about Celtic now and it'd be good to see him back. See, like doing a paradise windfall or something, or even just to, just to get him back to give him a, give him a big cheer for all he did for us.
0: He, he likes, sorry, so,
1: I mean, he, he does. He seems to have a clear affinity, and he
2: actually talked about where do you go. I think he said something like, where do you go after you played for Celtic or something like that. And We lap that up, don't we? Oh, um, West Brom is the answer. <laughs> West Brom, aye. But I mean, Tom. The, the the thing about him though is is he totally splits. He's, you know, he, he totally splits the, what do you call it, the the, the, the yeah, support, yeah. the the opinion of the support. And somebody said to me, I thought Sammy was garbage for us, I didn't really rate him. I wouldn't argue too much with him, just in terms of because a lot of what he did produce for us was so poor. But, uh, aye, as I said before, and as Barry said, for me the positive outweighs the negative.
0: Great stuff. Bef- before we go into the bowl again, what do you make Anthony Stokes as a player? Mm. He, he obviously he's a player that we really don't discuss much at all because unless it's uh, related around a timeline which we've not we've not done in a while we'll definitely get back to that in the new year or whether it's a specific game we don't really talk there are certain periods where we just kind of miss out and maybe we don't talk about players. what did you make of Stokes?
1: I think as a pair him and Hooper were really good he was a good foil for, for Hooper obviously Hooper scored the, the lion's share of the goals but um, I don't know I, I just think he maybe never had the ability to to kind of reach the heights for Celtic, there was obviously. Remember, he was on loan at Falkirk mm. from um, Arsenal. From Arsenal, um, and then I think he would actually been in the boardroom at Celtic Park. But then Roy Keane phoned him, and he signed for Sunderland. So I wonder if it had been, it had more success if he'd come the first time round, the first time around, because I don't think it really worked out for him at Sunderland, and then he was kind of up against it. But I think he had an okay career, and then obviously under Diala, he kind of reinvented him as a sort of wide left, didn't he? Had that. Kind of cutting in, but technical ability he did have some. I think maybe pace was the one thing that stopped him from going further. But his career sort of fallen off a cliff, hasn't Mm. it? Remember he signed for Livingston and then I don't think he played. No, Um, he was in Iran at one point, wasn't he? But I always remember that tweet where it he had the Livingston top and it obviously says Tony Macaroni in the back and then Stokes and said never knew his middle name was Macaroni. (laughs) (laughs) What do you make him?
2: I think when you're saying that You you don't think he had the ability to go further I, I would agree on the pace part But I think more I think he had bags of ability I just get the impression That he's a, the guy that Kind of wasted a bit of his career He didn't look No, I'm, I mean I, I don't know if this is the case I'm maybe reading between the lines But it reminds me a lot of Griffiths Of a guy who Yeah, yeah. Underperf- You know Natural ability got him to a level That delivered a lot of goals for Celtic Both of them but you can't help but think, what if you had knuckled down, you know, lived the lifestyle and no get involved in any of the pitch? How good could you have been? And Stokes is one of those guys who I've got in, in, in that category. You know, some good moments for us. I, I was just thinking there, did they ever I don't think he ever scored against them for us. No, never. Certainly
0: in the... He, he, he didn't score, he, he scored, He got. A, I think he got a hat-trick against Wren. Or at least two, he scored. He got two against Ren and that was only goals European. he scored at European, because he always came up short from a... When it's going to that next level, obviously we always talk about them and Europe, yeah. he came up short. So,
2: yeah, and I've said that before, but, you know, in terms of those markers, as you say, that you want them to hit, but, yeah, it just, it just seemed like a guy who, you kind know, of, maybe could have been a much better player, not even necessarily for us, just in general, you think... There would have, there's a level you could have reached and you never reached it either with us or or more widely. So it's almost like an opportunity lost.
1: The other thing I always think of him as well, and probably not as a criticism of him, but as Celtic and the sort of our recruitment at that period because we'd sold we'd sold Hooper that summer and then we got AC Milan and the the Champions League and Stokes was playing up front in his own. And I remember we battered Milan, but we. Just couldn't finish. We couldn't finish, and I think it was because of his sort of lack of ability, but yeah, I totally agree with these sort of off-the-field antics, and um I remember in Roy Keane, one of Roy Keane's books that I read, that he, he actually name-checked Stokes and said he was a bit of a boy, and I think that sums it up perfectly. We all know what he means by that. Um But, yeah, it's just... He it, it did have an impact, and he was at it for quite a while. Um But, yeah, I just... He just didn't quite hit the heights, I think
0: Hand in the ball, Barry Hand in the ball The famous Wolf uh, Tone song, of course Hand in the ball Hand in the ball <laughs> That's a money nut And for that, a money
1: Oh yes, now we're talking This is perfect for, for us okay. The Bumblebee <laughs> Bumblebee uh-huh.
0: Bumblebee Barry,
1: Bumblebee The greatest ever away kit, in my opinion um, the, original. the original Oh yeah, we're yeah, talking none of the, the original of the, none of the two could argue there's been two since. Maybe the third one was a more of a sort of tiger effort than a bumblebee, but Honking. I remember just when you first saw it probably in the Celtic View at that time. Um just like what the hell is that? <laughs> um and I got it for my for my birthday that summer, the full kit. Um and it was it was perfect. Like so many happy memories. The one game that stands out for me was the game at Rugby Park yes. where we wore it. Um We'd gone 1-0 down and then De Canio um, scored his first goal for the club and the pace, spoken about that before, the pace that the, the Three Amigos and Andy Tom moved at that day was brilliant. But, the three, three
0: Amigos is a podcast that is available. Uh, myself, uh, Barry and Alan. Um, Send your RSS feed on the app and uh, on the website. Sorry, Barry.
1: But yeah, it was just beautiful even. I've got a, got a remake from my friends in China of it now and it's just amazing. Like I, you can't help but smile when you see it. And everything about that time, like even like see the sort of street vendors they brought out like bumblebee scarves and the hats and gloves and everything and yeah, loved it. Loved the sort of pattern through the the dark hoops and the big daft collar over the button. Um and it just takes it back to a sort of happy time. It's weird though because there's sort of two versions of the first version if that makes sense. Mm. Because obviously we had Tommy Bunn season, ninety six, ninety seven. And then the season we stopped to ten. We had it as well, but it had the Umbro sponsor. So we wore it the day that um Larson made his debut and gave the ball to Ch- Charlie. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember there was a game at Kilmarnock towards the end of the season where Larson and Donnelly scored at Rugby Park. Um, so it sort of transcends Tommy yeah. Buns and Wim Jansen. But no, I loved that strip. Um, I
0: never thought that Larson wore that top. Uh, yeah. Like right, It just yeah. came into my head there. That's that's crazy. Your thoughts, Chris?
1: Um, I
2: remember when it first came out and uh, the Daz didn't <laughs> like it. I remember oh, that's horrific looking, you know, but the young team, us at the time, loved it. the minute, you know, you look at it, you're just thinking, Wow, that's just out there a bit. Dortmund, I thought, as well, yeah. Dortmundy. It seemed a wee bit kinda of European, do you know, it was almost kinda of a bit cosmopolitan. Um and it was it was absolutely sensational. I got it. It's the only strip I think I got with a player in the back. I got cadet on the back of it. Nice. And he's immediately who I think of. Um when I when I think of that strip. Yeah, that's true, yeah. But the goal I think of is the canio, the Botodre. Yes, oh, the bits. gold boots. Pantofilodoro. Tom Boyd, I think it is that plays the ball through. And I mean, if you've not seen it, I'm sure you all have, but if you've not seen it, just Google it. It's absolutely unreal. And then he goes over to celebrate in the crowd and we're all wearing the bumblebee top. Iconic. I mean, it's not perhaps linked with success as you say we did wear it that season. But you you, you don't immediately kind of link it with that season. But just for the moments and some of the stuff that happened in it, and uh, just the sheer design of it, it's unreal. And it has to be that
1: version. Say that any of the other versions right, don't count. The night one was. Poor if, if, if you're
2: wanting to come up with a version you need a stupid collar with a button on it. So <laughs> that's the rules. So no, I loved it. that
0: uh, I went to uh, Denmark uh, with the scouts in 1996, and uh, my birthday's on the 29th of June, which is the day before the final of Euro '96. But we went like on the 11th of June, I think it was, and uh, I got the bumblebee strip for my birthday, and I got it early. Oh, nice! So. Love that when that happens. And my mum was like, oh, take it on holiday. And take it, oh, there go, take it on holiday. And I was like, I'm not taking it on holiday. Because I'm someone who, when I get something, I like to keep it nice and secure and, and safe. And, you know, I, I've still got, like, things that I, like, clothes that I still kind of hang up that I've had for, like, years. But you're looking at me like I'm a weirdo. Yes. I just, you know, football strips and all that. Anyway, Grace, so so you just mean
2: you were in 13, 14? 14, 14.
0: 14, I would have been coming up for 14,
2: and You didn't want to wear I didn't want to take it on holiday
0: <laughs> because it would have got dirty. And I already had the I already had like three select strips with me anyway, so we'll move on. Yep. Uh, Who's go is it with the ball? Some money, get it, get your hand in there, rumble around, rumble rumbleos, come rumble on the jungle. Oh, nice. Okay, Champions League.
1: Um,
0: Champions League. What does it mean to you? What do you
2: Shite.
0: <laughs> hate it now? <laughs> <laughs> no, do you, you kind of hate it now or? Um,
2: Kind of. I mean now I mean it's I mean it's all linked to finance and football and the fact that it's it's the same teams that get to the same stage, you know, who's the biggest shock of recent years in terms of performance? Ajax. Well you know Ajax are a massive football club who've won the trophy numerous times themselves. The fact that it's a shock that they're getting to I actually spent twenty six
0: million pounds on uh, Calvin Bassey. That I mean that we can never play twenty six million quid.
2: But even that, I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about when you know Spurs put them out and they oh, got the semi final. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so you know, that's the last team that aren't as part of the, the king kind of the, the grouping of teams that always get to the latter stages that went far. So people talk about that as a shock, a small team. The fact that we're talking about Ajax as a small team getting to that stage just says how much football's changed and it's not changed it's it's changed just down to finance, so... But at the same time, it is the only show in town. You just need to see how the Europa League finalists got on in the Champions League this season to see the difference in levels between the two tournaments. It's
0: is your love for that, though, like, <clears throat> you know, and, you know, we don't want to all say it like that, but, you know, when when we were young men, certainly... And Celtic winning the Champions League under Martin O'Neill, for example. We made a real fist of it. You know, we really... And, you know, obviously under Gordon Strachan we qualified for the last 16, which was amazing. And under Neil Lennon we qualified for the last 16, which, you know, like Lennon or not, it's an amazing achievement. But, I mean, we're miles away from that now. And I don't necessarily even think it's necessarily our fault either that we're so far away from it. I just think it's kind of the realities of, of the game. But then you look at someone like Juventus, who look to be in a, a hell of a lot of trouble maybe it only takes a couple of scandals for, and a, a couple of big clubs to potentially not no go out the game but I don't know what I'm trying to say what I'm trying to say is is your relationship with European football dropping off a little bit yeah in terms it's not
2: even that I want to be there that's what I'm saying about it being the only show in town you want to be there but when you get there it's not for any fun when you're basically turning up for the check which is what we're doing really just now and more widely you know probably a podcast in this Chris about you know the changing the game and you know how it's essentially a product these days and you know we can moan about that and in and, and, and various things but see when we were younger and we made a fist of it and we did a bit better and things like that there was less of a gap so it was perhaps more bridgeable to an extent but that's just generally gradually eked away Um So, there's always going to be the big clubs getting the big finance and stuff like that. But for me, it would just be see if that was gap, that kind of gap was bridged a bit, it would be a wee bit better. I mean, in fact, I'm going to go, oh, missed the idea. There's players, right? I'm going to take an example. You know, Marius at Man City, right? Good player. Yeah. Squad player at Man City. You know, if they're maybe Resting players, they'll bring him in. He was. Absolutely, you know, epitomised that Leicester team that won the league. Players like that used to stay at teams like Leicester and drive them forward. Rakitic, under what's his name? It's Sevilla. Yep. Um, Rakitic running the show. You know, they set their team up, played through them. What a team they were to watch. i oh, take him to Barca. First team pick? Nah, he's just part of the squad. See, when you've got all the riches going to the big clubs, they even take players like that away. That maybe spread some of the talent out amongst um, other teams not only domestically but even more further uh, in Europe so uh, Champions League a lot of shite Chris I went off on a bit of a
1: tangent there but I had to get it out
0: Fair point, Uh, Barry?
1: Yeah, I've kind of lost a lot of love for it but I think back even see before we were in it, I think back to Juventus as you mentioned, the the time they spanked Rangers twice and I always loved like see even the way it looked the Champions League. Got like, see the graphics and yeah, yeah. the players and even the Amstel um, Continental. Like everything seemed better then. And I was listening to a podcast you were talking about today, eh, Chris. When it was on ITV, and I remember was it was at Brian Moore who was a commentator. And yeah, yeah, Man United in those days were great. So the competition was so exciting then. When it came to that, we got into it was over the moon, and as you say, we made a fist of it, and by sort of maybe like a handball from Bobo and Leon, and um, we could have been into the last 16 with that team. And I think we could really have gone far, because that was the year uh, it was Porto, Porto-Monaco in the final. Yeah, yeah. So who knows what could have happened then. But totally agree with the point Samani mentioned, because you used to, when you played a big team in Europe, they would maybe have two superstars, and the rest would all be very, very good players. But now... Every team seems to have just. There are three or four teams have hoovered up. All even not even the squad players. The the superstars are all sort of centralised in one team now, and yeah. it's no fun to watch. And this is some man who was talking there about turning up and taking the check. Like it's how many times have we been in the Champions League and the game's done with thirty minutes to go, and yeah. it's so destroying. And. I, I, the the Ajax point as well. I found that so patronising the way the English media were sort of saying, Oh, plucky plucky Ajax, like they've got more history than anyone, probably apart from my United and Liverpool in England. Um so yeah, it's it needs a revamp. I know the revamp is coming, but whether that'll benefit us, I highly doubt it.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, looking at what we're up against. <clears throat> You know, you always see people on Twitter saying, oh, I'd love to take on an English side. Like Most of the English sides would absolutely throttle us. And that's not, again, it's not to do with, like, my, me thinking Celtic are anything other than... (laughs) Well, Celtic are a really good side. This is a young, dynamic side. I love this side. Everyone does. Um, And maybe we'll get there one day in, in regards to, you know, doing something special. But, you know, these English sides, like, people are like, oh, let's get Tottenham. Tottenham's first team... You know, I know they're not doing particularly well in Europe just now, but it always just takes someone, if someone's going through a bad patch in Europe, just stick them with Celtic and <laughs> it'll get them all paring again. I don't know, my, my relationship with European football and, and to a lesser extent the World Cup, with, with watching it, obviously the, everything surrounding it just now is horrendous, but just on a purely watching it from a basis of being an international football fan and adverticoms, everything's kind of just dropping off. That might have to do with age. I don't. I don't doubt that. But I think a lot of it is to do with the fact that if you can't compete, if you if the only way you can compete is if you've got bottomless amounts of money, then the game's kind of rigged. Mm. You know, like if someone like Leicester winning the Premier League, everyone again talked about that. It was being a, a fantasy. I like. Oh, that's great. And and it was to an extent, but it was a fantasy surrounded within that company in that country because Leicester had spent. 12, 15 times as much as we had, and we are the champions of Scotland. So, yeah, it's a bit. Of, we've went a bit. we went a bit grim. But let's uh, say, <laughs> let's say, uh, let's mix it up. Uh, who's who's going it in the ball?
1: Uh, sure. Probably Stephen Presley now, <laughs> Just on the, th- the theme of grimness. Um, let me see. Here you go, Barry. Come on, make it. A good one. Make it. A good oh, back to misty-eyed nineties. Craig Falconbridge.
0: Kerry Falconbridge, Sir Manny instantly goes for. Oh, his. oh I've pulled helicopter Sunday <laughs> out of the bowl. No, this one isn't too no, bad. this, was, Come this on. was
1: a sort of dip before. You have to explain this, it I to say. people because people. Might Aye, so Celtic went to East End Park, second last day of the season, after the day before Ali Mitchell okay. had scored at Ibrox to set us up to win our first title in nine years. Yes, um, and. We took the lead, Simon Donnelly scored. Who was that keeper, Ian Westwater? Ian
0: Westwater, yeah. I mean, he was, uh, he's one Uh, of
1: them, no question. Yeah, and I often think I wasn't lucky enough to get a ticket for that game, but see, watching that game, the sun was shining and it looked like a throwback to, I know it was the 90s, but it looked like a throwback to the the late 70s or 80s, like terracing behind both goals, packed full of Celtic fans, and everything was set up to be the perfect day. I remember watching at my cousin's, Home uncle's there um, on the beers. It was a Sunday, I think, but everybody was ready for the party. And then, deep into injury time, they've got a long free kick, and I remember the camera was on Vim and Murdoch McLeod. Vim's got that massive, like, (laughs) sort of, quilted jacket on, and it's roasting. And you could just see it coming. Like, big deep ball, and then Craig Falkenbridge should just come off the bench, I'm sure. Um, Big looping header, and Gould kind of loses his fight off it, doesn't even put his hands up, I don't think. Gould's your favourite, <laughs> Samani. And the ball just nestles in the net. And it's one of those ones where Samani mentioned Helicopter Sunday, or Black Sundays were caught. will That feeling, the pit in your stomach. I've never been stabbed, but imagine that. what it feels like. Someone's completely taken the wind out your sails. And the cameras were just on the Celtic fans, and their faces reflected how we all were watching it. And you're just thinking, we're not going to win this league. Like, yeah. Even though we had another bite at the charity come, at that point in time you're thinking, We fucked this and they're gonna they're gonna get ten in a row. Um and I don't know what ever became of that guy. Probably that was without doubt the, the <laughs> biggest moment of his career. Yeah. Um it's just a name that's burnt into your I, like brain.
0: A, a journeyman English striker, um, who only spent a small amount
1: of, uh, of time There were the so w- many right. of them around at the time, like Nathan Lowens, remember him? Oh, he was another one. You could round them off, but that was his big moment and um I remember the I think it was a headline in the record that said simply depressed or something like that. <laughs> um and it just set it up for the next week, but I it was a real sore one to take that day. Craig Falconbreak,
0: what do you think, Chris?
1: I mean, I think it I think it was in loan for Coventry.
2: I think I might be right. Sounds a bit right. Google it. And uh aye it, it it was just typical because you knew then he was pish. <laughs> and you knew that he wouldn't have a career of any standing after that, and it just see you're saying this one isn't too bad. That was a that, that was a gut punch, as Barry said. I remember walking this, you know. I remember walking down the street, coming back, and my next door neighbour, who was a Celtic fan, walked past me and he went, "Fucking brutal or something," like that. and I went, "Fucking shit." Excuse the language, I we're live, but it was just just total dejection, just a firm, held belief that that was it. We were done. Um,
1: but it all ended up all right, Chris, so I'll come out of that funk there. It's just very much that phrase, like that, you know, I was always this. This is why we can't have nice things. Like it's almost as if it's that sort of um, almost like Catholic girl, isn't it? Where you think, right. Put so much excitement into this week. We're going to win the title today, the first time that I can remember in my lifetime. And then you're like, I ah, know you're not Guy Jab. Like, this is Celtic. Are you daft? Like, we'll always have a wee twist in the tail. But, aye, um, just checked there. He was on loan from Coventry. But see, just reading his personal information on Wikipedia. So his name's Craig Michael Falkenberg. <laughs> right. 44 years old, born in Nuneaton, England. Six foot one in position, forward slash defender. That's just like. <laughs>
2: Adam Virgo or something
1: (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine he's probably like a a Lorry driver for Eddie Stobart now or something (laughs) And probably still was at the time of playing Uh, Um, Just, yeah But as Samani said It set us up for to be able to win it at home And what a day that was against St Johnson So at the time it felt like Your world had collapsed around you But looking back I'm glad that we won it at Celtic Park Because it's still to this day My favourite title party and probably yeah. will be for forever.
2: It could have been there, Albert kids, but it wasn't.
0: I um I remember the Ali Mitchell one. I remember oh, yeah. that was uh, Being in the kitchen, we were listening to it on the radio, and I went to the shops to get juice and sweets because I was a wee guy, of course. And as I was walking round, I just I just saw two guys walking down the road and one of them going, Yes, you're not fuck And I was like, Oh my god and I ran home and my dad was like Ali Mitchell well, the, the, I Didn't see Ali Mitchell, he just went, They've lost, they've lost. Um and then we watched the Dunfermline game and it was that
1: thing like just
0: totally ready to fucking have a great time and
1: oh. see, see just done the Ali Mitchell one and I'm sure I can't remember the guy's name, but I'm sure he was a, a Cynic subscriber and we were talking about that. Probably probably in the summer, there. it was maybe the anniversary, what was he maybe put it up. But I remember I was in the the Fords in Parkhead and as you did at that time, younger listeners won't remember us, but you Dixon's T V shop. I remember me and my dad like watching it and there was a big crowd gathered round and then I think it was like teletext and it said like Mitchell ninety five or whenever he scored. And everybody was cheering but the guy one of when I'd put that on Twitter one of the Cynic listeners said he was there as well. Like outside Amazing. the same shop so now, happy times, and it just goes back to that thing about football, how it 's changed, and it 's probably a saturation point because. You could watch 10 games a day nearly every day if you wanted to, but... I mean, because that's,
0: that's... totally to but that is... A lot of my stories are related to me hearing about the aye, result. If you it. weren't, like, specifically at mainly away games. Uh-huh. Like, hearing about results or checking teletext. You went to Dixon's, did you not go to Glenn, Hutchinson's, Robertson's or Stepik? No, Dixon's was the,
1: the TV shop of choice that day. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, thingy, the Ali Mitchell one, I remember... I think it was Hazel Irvin was doing the BBC... Round up thing At the time and She went she Oh said, no Dra- <laughs> Drama At ibrooks Ali mm, um, mm. Took about half an hour To get the her out <laughs> um, Because you thought It was going to be McCoyst And then um, Was that
1: Bobby Tate's Last game Aye 97 minutes 97
2: right? minutes So he was obviously Playing for a winner um, And uh, it didn't work out Beautiful Beautiful From Craig Falconbridge And me Kind of the like that, remember that episode of Father Ted where he's listening to Radiohead um, <laughs> to now
0: all happy talking about Ali Mitchell there we go. Uh, whose turn is it, this might be the last one we make. we'll do two more, we'll do one each more okay Okay. make it a four, good one, Sir Manny. Sir, Sir Manny make it good
1: Sir Manny I'm waiting for a gold flash <laughs> <laughs> Ali
2: Mitchell
1: <laughs> <laughs> you need to tweet a picture of that so there's no one not just oh no, get out get Oh, out that out.
0: is fucking hilarious <laughs> Uh, how the hell did that come out? Because <laughs> you know, I, I, was, I was basically, when I, when I was, when I started talking about him there, I thought, well, he's definitely not going to come up. Come uh, on, what's the chances?
1: You uh, manifested to, have we called back there? Manifested it to come out?
0: Fantastic. Uh, Chris, you want to do another one?
1: Right, okay. Here we
0: go. Bobby Tate. <laughs> <laughs> ten in a row. Um, do you know what? We don't want to end on that, so I <laughs> fuck that. Well, ten in a row, we'll leave it because it's just too depressing. And we just talked about stopping 10 in an yeah. hour, or so.
2: Uh, I've taken two, and I don't want to talk about the Canyon. <laughs> <now, so. laughs> We're just
0: dropping into mayhem. Harps, three.
2: Celtic, four.
0: From 2006. I guess it can mean any, any time we've beat them, three, four, three. I can't <laughs> remember the <fourth laughs> <three> game. <laughs> I'm sure was it, was. it fourth year? Or was it three, two? The one when Steve McMahon. The new goes.
2: year game three
0: two. Aye, so I've put four three two. Oh, three, two said Jesus, <laughs> fucking hell! All right, do another one. Do another one. Come on. Right. Okay. <laughs> Sorry,
2: it was <there's> fifty. Here. <laughs> another one. Fifty. Juventus at home. Oh, okay. Cool. cool, cool. N- nice. Great. <clears throat> um, I take it we're talking about two thousand and one. Not. It could be any time you want. It's, just, it's just, just Juventus at home. Well, uh, for the, the the most recent game, I'll just say Fe Ambrose playing... Uh, Africa Cup of Nations, not good. Um, the first game though was, it was just one of the all-time classic Champions League games at Celtic Park. Obviously, you know we've talked about being close to getting through under a new, you know that campaign. I thought we well, were excellent. I mean, I'm sure we've, we've done this. We've talked about the actual game to death and the goals. You know, Trezeguet was fantastic for them. Big Sutton's goal. It was it was great, but she just genuinely. What a football match as well, you know, it was, you could easily put that on Champions League Classics, Yeah, yeah. people would sit and watch it and go, wow, I mean obviously we're emotionally involved, anytime Celtic play in the Champions League, but big results we've had, like Barcelona, a neutral's not going to sit down and go like that. (laughs) Like well, to watch that? Yeah. Well, that was a great game. They might watch the moments. Celtic
1: one percent possession. <laughs> that graphically gets shot—that'll be zero point five. soon I know.
2: Um, but this was this was a proper football match between very two very very good teams. And the the, the, the first we'd obviously played them away, and you know Amoroso the dive in the last minute and all that sort of stuff. Um, I remember that night thinking because I was you know we'd, we hadn't been in the Champions League and all that sort of stuff, and. I remember thinking, yeah, we can compete. We we're yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we, we in here and it's not like we look out of place. You know, you'd you'd seen them play them in the nineties and you know, Del Piero turning Alec Cleland inside out and all Beautiful. that sort of stuff. You had that fear, but it didn't happen. And this game, although ultimately meaningless, was just a phenomenal game of football to watch And it's one of those times where you walk out of Celtic Park bursting with pride um at what your side done. What, what what a night that was. Um and you could even do you know, it's one of those ones where on YouTube when you see it come up, you are sitting and watching every
1: every single goal.
0: Absolutely. Barry quickly and then you'll do a final one.
1: Yeah, loved it. Um just wee things I remember I, I think Lubo had kinda been in the press that week pleading with Martin O'Neill to play because yeah. he I don't think he'd started any of the Champions League games. Um and he was brilliant that night he had a hand in two two of the goals. Val Harrens and Sutton. Sutton's yeah, but yeah. he kinda turned the they're full back and out, he also nutmegged Nedved, um, which would have a personal highlight for him, but yeah Or Nedved, I. yes Yes <laughs> <laughs> um, But no, just perfect, and it's one of those games, ITV used to so obviously STV had coverage on it, and ITV used to do it as well and it's one of those games you hear both commentaries there's one where, I don't know who it would have been Jim Delahunt or something but um, it was Guy Mowbray or something was doing it and like David Pleat was the and I always thought that gave it a certain gravitas, hearing yeah, English. The, the English commentary um, yeah, and yeah. them raving about the atmosphere. So, no, perfect night. And I think that was really the sort of, the the building blocks for how we would compete, not only in the Champions League the following year, but then uh, the Savile run as well. And it was kind of that night cemented that we were kind of back in the, the European big time. Last, uh,
0: last uh, piece of paper from the ball, Barry. Let's get involved. Here we go. Here
1: we go, here we go. <laughs> we can't end on him Craig Beatty <laughs> put Craig
0: Beatty back in put, put him back in don't,
2: don't put him back in Could i
0: to pick it out again <laughs> as I held him out aye
1: uh, come on pick a good one. Oh here we go perfect one to end Scottish Cup final Scottish Cup final oh, one of the uh, I love it it's a competition that I think there's there's kind of talking England that like the FA Cup was always seen held in highest regard wasn't it like a back in the day Wembley and mm-hmm.
0: Remember Man United when they didn't play in it and like, yeah, the outrage? It got to like fucking the Parliament and all that. Uh-huh.
1: Um, and the Scottish Cup final, I don't think it's ever sort of lost that. Um, you could argue if you win it without the league, it's, it loses its appeal. But it's one of the days, see, when the fixtures come out at the, in June, remember, I always look for what date the Scottish Cup final is. And this year, because of the World Cup, it's in June, I think, for the very first time. But what a day out is some of the memories we've had over the years. Um, my first one that I was at um would have been O'Neill's, uh two thousand and one. I'm sure that'd have been the first one I was at. Um and to come to complete the treble and the sunshine. It's always it always seems to be a sunny day when you think back, but I think there was a couple in the quadruple treble that were actually raining. But just one of the highlights of the, the calendar. I think my probably my favourite one um would I think we did this in one of the podcasts about it before was the two thousand four, still so Larson's last game. Yeah. Just because and as we mentioned earlier, true Celtic fashion, we were one nil down, come out of adversity. Um and then for Larson to kind of give us a send off for that and his last his last game was perfect. So no, I always loved the Scottish Cup final. I love how in recent times we've had well, we had the procession back to Celtic Park and then obviously we tried to have the open top bus but it got cancelled. But I like how it's become more of an event now. Um people sort of congregating and then George Square eh, not George Square that's theirs and then um, the Gallagate and sort of the Gate. I thought it's a big event now and God willing we'll be there this this season because it's one of my favourite days of the, the calendar
0: Last thing for Ange to tick off as well uh, Chris your thoughts on the Scottish Cup final? Uh,
1: it's our trophy the
2: Scottish Cup Yes We've we'll won it more than anyone you know uh, it, it just it just feels as if it's it's built for us you know as you say as Steve, I mean there's been times Where we've won the Scottish Cup And We've not won the league And your appetite for it Isn't Isn't the same Let's be perfectly honest yeah. But You know Some of my best memories Are Scottish Cup days It always seems to be sunny You know and It always seems to be You know Just Throngs of Celtic The Celtic fans Kind of walking up Towards Hamden. It's a stadium that's maligned But Even the new Crappy version On Scottish Cup day For me is Is, is phenomenal you know, in history, you think of the, the famous quote, they're there and they're always there. Time B, centenary season, pointing to the support as we are, you know, in the sun, bathed in the sun, going bananas. Um, it's just special for me. Um, it's, I, I really, the League Cup's never a trophy I've particularly wanted to. I've barely seen us win it up until, <laughs> um, what, two, 1998, obviously, we won it then, but. You know, before that, it was just something that other teams won. You know, normally Aberdeen or or more likely Rangers. So I've never had the the same affinity with the League Cup. I mean, I think... Everybody would agree the Scottish Cup's of greater standing anyway, but generally speaking, it's not the same. You never aye, think...
1: I think it's on a Sunday as well. Aye, aye. And,
2: it, and it's it's sometimes it's, you know, before the turn of the year it used to be at times, and then other turns, you know, you know it's going to be February or whatever. March just, sometimes as well, aye? It just seems a weird...
0: Yeah, there's no real tradition of when the final is, like it can be moved. Yeah, um, yeah, the Scottish,
2: the Scottish Cup final is, the season's done, you win or you lose... And more often than not, we win, and it. it's just special. So, yeah, I, I mean, people talk about the league being our bread and butter. I'd always want that day out at the end of May or June, but the sounds it this year, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It'd be great to, it'd be great to win the treble this season. It'd be good to even if we don't win the league cup to win the Scottish Cup. But whatever we do, we'll uh, we'll follow through and through. Uh, <laughs> Listen, this, is, uh, this has been fantastic. Um, thanks for everyone that's been listening. Um, we will we'll be back very, very soon. But uh, Barry, pleasure
1: as always, sir. Thank you very much. Great trip down memory lane there. Um, a few stinkers along the way, but I think overall a lot more positives than negatives.
0: Chris O'Malley, pleasure, sir.
1: Good format, Chris. Do this again.
0: We'll definitely do this again. From Barry Gallagher, from Chris O'Malley, from myself, Christopher Gallagher, this has been The Cynic Live, and we'll speak to you down the road.